Since iTunes only keeps the last 100 episodes of any show, some of our show topics that seem to help the most people are no longer available when people search on iTunes. So, in an effort to make that information available to more people, from time to time we're going to re-air some of our most popular show topics. You can also go to kickitnaturally.com and search for any topic in our search box. For now, enjoy this show that originally aired in 2014. T.C. Hill is not a doctor and does not claim to be a doctor or licensed in any type of medical field. Don't be an idiot and use anything heard on the show as medical advice. This information should be used for educational purposes only and you should contact your doctor for any medical advice. Now get off me. Welcome to Kick It Naturally. I'm Kenna McEnroe and I'm here with T.C. Hale, author, natural health expert, producer, Watcher of people half-naked on a roof. Yeah, that was interesting. We have a new office uh, and new studio. And outside the studio last night, I thought I saw, like, I thought it was a blow-up doll that someone put on their roof as, like, a Christmas decoration. Uh It was, like, waving around. I was like, well, that's very realistic looking until I realized that it was an actual girl in, like, a thong doing weird things and somebody was taking pictures of her. Yeah, and now we can't get Tony to leave his office. And I've been in my office ever since. Yeah. And that's just because (laughs) I want to get work done. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I actually had a dream last night about you and Sarah, and it involved a bathtub. (laughs) We have a bathtub. (laughs) I watched you bathe. I didn't see anything, but I sat on a toilet. Well, these are are good stories. Weird fantasy. Certainly good stories to share with... The entire three people that listen to awesome. us. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, yeah. three folks. So that's how it goes sometimes. And that voice you hear from far away in the Skype world is Hotty Patati Will Schmidt. Will, you didn't make my dream last night, but don't worry. I'm sure I'll dream about you at some uh, point. Sorry, I missed the cut. Yeah. yeah. You can't make everyone, you know. Yeah. That's I was in some other dreams, I guess. Yeah. So many people, so little so dreams. So write in if Will was in your dreams last night, just so that he doesn't feel left out. I'm not going to say it because I know this person's a listener. I was going to say, I bet I know who's dreaming about Will. Okay. So Amber had a question. Oh, no, that was something different. All right. So we got a good topic today. One that it's kind of odd that we've never even really mentioned this much, Will Wolfgang Schmidt. Yeah, I think it's because it's so trendy. It is super trendy and a lot of people get it wrong. And a lot of people are just like, I'm going to, I'm going to heal it even though I don't have it. Yeah. Um, Is Candida from Canada? Yes. So okay. it started in Canada, cool. and that's where it got its name. We can blame and then, Canadians for. It's a boot time. We blame those Canadians for something. Right. Um, no, that's false. It's not oh. really from Canada, but oh. that's okay. Um, but let's. we'll probably just jump into some questions because some people had some good things. But we'll, we have a lot to cover. We may not get all this in one episode because we're not that good at this. Why don't we talk really fast like this, and then we can okay, get it all in one episode. Okay, now let's get it all in one episode. Done. Okay, so if you haven't joined us on Facebook, though, you got to go to Kick It In The Nuts, because that's where we post all of our show topics. You guys can ask any questions you want, um, or you can put any dreams you've had about Will or Tony. You can make up any show topics of your own. Yeah. You can just write in and talk to us, and we'll try to accommodate you with some answers and We stuff. can do a whole show on watching people in a bathtub <laughs> if we need to. I didn't see anything, though. I just saw you in a bathtub. It was very odd. All right. Good times. Um, okay. So let's just dive right in. Yeah. I think Bob sent us a question. Bob emailed us because he really wanted to know, what is candida? How do you know that you may have it? What can you do about it? Thanks for the help. 
And when Bob sent this email, I was like, oh, yeah, we've never really talked about this. He's like, do you have any content on this? And I'm so like, Bob, Bob made this show happen. Bob, Bob is, the, is the hometown hero mm-hmm. for this what episode. What about Bob? What about him? So Candida is basically a, a yeast or a fungus uh, type of strand. And we all have it in our body. And there's, there's supposed to be yeast in our body, just like there's supposed to be bacteria in our body and there's a lot of people out there that view yeast or fungus as if all of it is evil and we need to wipe all of it out completely but there's some problems that can happen when you do that and one of those problems is bacterial overgrowth or you know there seems to be uh there's balance in the body that should be there to where if there's not any of this beneficial yeast the bacteria can kind of take over and if there's not any of the beneficial bacteria the yeast can take over, and uh, a lot of the yeast is, is not so helpful. Sounds um, like a bad roommate situation. It, it is. That's exactly what it is. So this is Craigslist gone wrong in Canada mm-hmm. is basically how that happens. Right, Will? Yeah, that's exactly how I would define Candida. <laughs> so, um, but, but the biggest problem is, uh, you know, how do you know if you have it? Most of the people that are dealing with their quote-unquote Candida have taken a survey and the survey says you have candida or they see that they have like a a white film on their tongue so that means they must have candida and there's also some other little tests Um, and you just have to be careful with what you're looking at you know we do a lot of simple tests at home that we teach people how to do but if somebody emails me and says hey I checked my urine and saliva pH and I have breast cancer well, you can't you can't know that by looking at your urine and saliva pH. You know, there yeah. we do see that people if, with breast cancer often lean a little more anabolic. So it's possible to look at your pHs and say, "Oh, I I'm a little anabolic," but that doesn't mean that you have breast cancer. So a lot of these tests that people do, one of them is one that we've even used before, where you take a glass of water and you set it by your bed, and as soon as you wake up, you spit in the water. You just spit some of your saliva in the water and you watch what it does. Does it just kind of float on the top or does it kind of string down and look kind of like a spider web flowing down into the water? And if that is the case, uh, we have always viewed that as you might have some type of infection that's uh, maybe eating you up a little bit or causing some extra waste in the body, but that could be a parasite. If it goes it could, down or if it floats. If it strings down, okay, that that's do an that. indication that there could be a problem. Um, but that doesn't mean candida. I think the candida world kind of views that as if you spit the strings down, you got candida, you better treat it. Uh, but the other problem is that most of the symptoms that go along with candida are so vague and nonspecific. You know what I mean? Like they're all... Things like I I have fatigue and digestive discomfort or my muscles ache or I have a low libido or a skin rash or I have brain fog or my hormones are out of imbalance. Right. See, Kenna has candida right now. Um, But, you know, we've talked about all those symptoms that could have been created by so many other things going on. What do you have to say about that, Will Wolfgang Schmidt, in his Skype world? Yeah, I would say it's important to. to use correct tests to figure out if you have it or not. And, and I think, um, I don't know, would you be in agreement in saying that um, stool tests and saliva tests are, are useful when we're looking at 
intestinal flora issues and gastric bacterial problems. Yeah, and somebody has a, a question about tests, I think. We're going to get into some of the more specific ones, but it does seem very important that you actually test for this before you try to treat it because those symptoms, I mean, we've talked about those could happen from a parasite or just SIBO or dysbiosis in general, or it could, you could have a Lyme disease issue or uh, some type of mold issue, but it could also just be an autoimmune issue, some type of thyroid problem, uh, mm -hmm. an imbalance with your electrolytes. There's so many things that could be causing the symptoms that people view as, oh, I must have candida, um, and people end up treating themselves for candida. And some of the treatments that are super popular can actually make things worse, and we're going to get into that in, in this episode a little bit. But let's, let's go to our, our next question so that we can dig in a little bit deeper into some of these things. Okay, but first, today all of our listeners can get a free audiobook from audible.com. Just go to kickitinthenuts.com forward slash audiobook for the details. I wrote a book that's on Audible that they could get for free. Yeah. It's called Kick, Kick Your, Your Fat, Fat in the, in the Nuts. nuts. That, I don't know if you've heard of that. Yeah, I, I had to read it 5,000 times. Yeah, that was And, and still only like 1% stuck in my head. Uh-huh. It's because I have candida. Right. Okay. Should have cleared that up before I had you proofread. Uh, Virginia, is it true that you have a white coating on your tongue that is candida, that it's candida or some other kind of fungus? I've had that coating in the past, but not for a few years now, and was always curious what it was. If it's not candida, then what is it? Because it's gross. You know, my mom had a yeast infection in her mouth a couple of times. Oh, yeah? yeah? That's what the doctors told her? That's what the doctors told her, that she had an overgrowth of yeast. And that was probably back when we just thought a yeast infection was a lady problem. Mm -hmm. We didn't know that a body could have be infected or that stuff. Yeah, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that could cause a, a film on the tongue. Um, and a lot of times it's a normal level of bacteria or yeast or something, but maybe the person doesn't have enough vitamin C to... Uh, to deal with those issues, and so they kind of sprout up in places where they shouldn't be. So there's a lot of compartments and areas in the body where all of these different critters uh, seem to thrive, and whether that be bacteria, yeast, uh, the fungus, all these other little things that they might grow in the urethra or the vaginal tract or the digestional tract. You know, there's all these places, um, and the problems don't occur until they start to get out of control a little bit. So I think that the white tongue is common for people who do have uh, some type of candida issue, but that's not a confirmation of candida. Uh, couldn't you just be dehydrated or something like that? I don't know. Will, do you have any more opinions about the tongue coating thing? I, I, um, my brain seems to go to vitamin C most of the time when I think about that. Yeah, I mean, I do. I, I do think it is often caused by... Um, candida or other strains of bacteria. I guess candida is one of the more common ones that'll do it. But the kind of important question to ask when that happens is um, why is the immune system having trouble keeping bacteria levels in check? Right. And and because we all, like, if you test any like normal person's skin, you or mouth, you'll see candida. You'll see You'll see staph. For sure, we're all like concerned about staph infections. Well, guess what? If you do a swab of like your saliva or in your nose or on your skin, everyone has staph. Everyone has candida. 
So the question is like, what is um, what's going wrong in the individual's immune system who's having an overgrowth of those things? You know, so we want to we want to try to figure out like, is it it could be is there like a vitamin C deficiency that's impairing immune function? Is there a, like an endocrine system imbalance? What is it that's getting in the way of the immune system keeping these these little critters in check? Because they're they're always there, they're always around, and there could be different reasons. Why the immune system is flailing, and, and let's look at some of these uh, reasons that someone could have uh, candida. And um, I think I'm going to step on somebody's question here in just a second, and they're going to be real upset with me. Uh, but you know, when you look at it, we talk about this balance of these organisms in the body that should be there, and, and we hear a lot about the balance between, you know, good bacteria and bad bacteria, but. We hear less about the bacteria and the yeast and fungus uh, organisms, but they kind of help keep each other in check. And a lot of times when we use medications that might wipe out all of our bacteria, like do you know anybody who's ever used an antibiotic? Mm-hmm. You, you've met somebody mm-hmm. that did that before. That's yeah. so weird. So a- anybody that's over 30, I bet it's, I bet we could probably find in this country six people over 30 who have never used an antibiotic. Like, if we really looked hard. Maybe. Maybe. Are we counting those that have been exposed to antibiotics? Because everybody's been. Everybody's had, yeah, anybody's had chicken or, or any kind of thing like that. Um, so a lot of times when we use that, we're wiping out all of our good bacteria too. And then if some type of yeast or fungus is in there that shouldn't be uh, uh, doing well and flourishing, uh, can kind of take over and once they're taken over, they're kind of the bully in there. And then the beneficial bacteria have a hard time uh, growing and uh, and prospering and helping the system out because one is so dominant. And that's kind of one possible way that a lot of these issues can come about. Mm-hmm. You're okay with that? Yeah, I'm good with that. Let, let's go to Tyra's question. Okay, Tyra, Las Vegas, Nevada. Is there a way to truly know if you have it or not? So Will was talking about tests, and uh, the ones that seem to be the most effective are the stool tests. And you can get these from a lot of different labs. Uh, I think Genova, which used to be Metametrics, um, has one. Uh, Doctor's Data has one. Um, and your doctor can order these for you, but there's also some places like, you know, Health Check USA does tests that you can order yourself without a doctor. I think another uh, site, uh, directlabs.com, has some. And uh, it, it seems like a lot of these tests are probably three or $400. Yeah. Uh, what'd you say? Yeah, they can be kind of pricey, and they can also be... Um Depending on which service you use, they may ha- provide like help interpreting it. They may not. They may just give you the straight lab results. And it can be kind of confusing of what to make of it. And that's why sometimes it's really nice to know um, like an awesome functional medicine person like our friend Dr. Ruscio does a lot of these tests. Like you could network or you could work with him. Like if you're not in Northern Cal where he's based, you could do something like um, work with him. He can have you get specific lab tests and then help you interpret and manage them. So there's people out there like that that could that could really guide you through the process because it can be tough to treat, just like SIBO, you know. Right, and and this is the thing that like, that's not the only test. They also have 
um, other tests that can detect organic acids, which is kind of an, a byproduct of the, the fungal metabolism. And that can be in the urine. And you can even do blood tests where you're looking for antibodies to candida. So there's a variety of tests out there, but I just think that it's important not to look at your symptoms or a simple little saliva test that could be an indication of a variety of things and start to treat yourself for candida. So the next thing, in case I forget to say, is that I do think that it's important, like Will was saying, that if you do one of these tests and find that you do have a candida overgrowth, and the overgrowth is really the key word there because we we all have candida in our body. That's just uh, part of what's going on. Um, but if you find that there's an overgrowth, I do think that it's a really good idea to get some type of functional medicine professional that can help you through this a little bit. Um, you know, Dr. Ruscio is one, uh, Chris Kresser is another great one, and these are a lot of the more uh, popular ones, but you may also find someone in your area that can do this. But So that's one way that you can really know if you have it or not, and then once you have it, uh, once you do know that there is an overgrowth, then there's a whole other world that we'll kind of go into a little bit. Maybe let's get into Karen's question that I... Okay, but first, if you'd like to learn how to become a health coach or even just dive, dive, even just dig into more advanced teachings for yourself or they your family. They could dive into advanced they teachings. They could. They could dive. Go to healthprocourse.com to learn about Tony and Will's course for coaches. Registration for this course only opens to the public for about a week at a time, so be sure to register for the coach newsletter so you'll be notified when the next registration opens. You'll find more info at healthprocourse.com. And in that course, in the beginning, we do mention that we prefer that people dig into the topics, but we don't want to be like a bossy. Yeah, they want to dive. If you want to dive, you can dive or dig, whatever you want to do. And that's kind of how we view health. You need to be flexible and. Mm-hmm. I'm stretching give and, right give now. Give and take. Give and take. Right. If you're a health, fitness, or nutrition professional, check out our other podcast, Six Figure Health Pro. We dig into the latest marketing techniques and business growing strategies for health professionals. To learn how to take your business to the next level, search for Six Figure Health Pro on iTunes or Stitcher, or go to SixFigureHealthPro.com to learn more. Now do what you're told. Karen from Billings, Montana. Why, oh why, does Candida go from the normal levels to crazy out of control levels? Are there any imbalances that push it over the edge from normal to not normal? Best method methods to calm it back down. Would sugar have anything to do with yeah, so that's, making it go crazy? That, that could make it go crazy. And, uh, you know, one thing that a lot of the uh, candida quote-unquote diets and kill the candida diet type things will focus on just removing sugar since that's what seems to help them flourish the most. That's what bacteria feeds on. That's what a lot of of these yeasts uh, will feed on. So they do the diets that remove all of those type of foods completely so that you're basically starving them out, so to speak, is what you're you're looking to do. And yourself, yeah. Well, that's not necessarily the case. And, uh, you know, a lot of them... That doesn't mean just go find a candida diet and, and follow up because a lot of them, I think there's one called the, the candida diet or something, um, but it it just doesn't have good feedback. And this the they're kind of taking away all of the glucose whatsoever. They're saying remove all of it, even things like carrots, but then they say, but there's some grains that are fine. So it kind of doesn't really make yeah. uh, sense with what they're trying to do. 
But there are some other diets like um, the GAPS diet, the spe specific carbohydrates diet, um, low FODMAPs diet that seem to be uh, getting better results when what about someone just the AIP autoimmune diet. That well, not even that could be good too. Um, but there are some of the foods that uh, allowed in on that specific protocol that may not be as beneficial. But this is something very interesting that I learned with this when digging into the candida stuff. And Will is going to be very excited about this. Are you ready to be very excited about this? I'm, I'm, I've been waiting. Okay. It hasn't <laughs> happened yet. <laughs> okay. So what I learned, and this is very, this is going to be interesting to you. We haven't even talked about this yet, but it's going to, we're going to kind of look back at some thoughts that we've had on the different shows and, and it might make a little bit of sense. But um, I found some guys talking that, that Paul Jaminet said a while ago that he found some studies that indicated that the there are because there's like 19 different strands of candida, um, and some of those strands really flourish off of ketones. Like they thrive on ketones, which makes sense because the body can thrive and and function on ketones like it could off of glucose in many of its functions and uh, many situations. But they found that if someone has a candida overgrowth, that removing all these carbs to starve them out, if they do it so much that they move themselves into a ketogenic state, that the ketones will just help the candida thrive as much as the glucose would. How interesting is that to your face? That's crazy wow. interesting. I'm very excited now. Right. I knew that you would so be excited. carbs. Right. So well, we don't want to go that route, but you know, it's, it's interesting because Will and I have talked about another shows that um, with our experience with ketogenic diets and even the severe ketogenic diets like we're talking about, not like the slightly ketogenic stuff that we do in the book and things. But we've had the idea that people, there's a number of people that seem to really thrive on the ketogenic diet, but after a few years, it doesn't seem to work as well for them. So it's interesting to think, I wonder if it's after doing that for years, if the yeast started to thrive from all the ketones, and so it, they just started not feeling as well. It's an interesting thought. Yeah, and it totally, it could be the factor. It could be one of yeah. other contributing factors like, um, you know, the gradual stress hormone elevation of a long-term severe ketogenic diet could also have negative metabolic effects. But it is cool to think about the other, the other factors like the exotoxins from bacteria that thrive on ketones. For sure. Right. So when you're looking at the diet aspect of trying to control candida, which is, I, I want to make sure you understand, first of all, that it's not enough just to change your diet. If you have a candida overgrowth, we're going to talk about some other things in a little bit too, some antimicrobials that um, you could use that really need to be implemented. There really needs to be a multi-phase aspect to improving candida. It can't just go with a diet. But let's talk a little bit about the uh, the diet aspect of it. And so it seems like some of these uh, diets that people are using with success, whether that be the GAPS diet um, or the uh, specific carbohydrate diet, the SCD diet, and I'm fans of both of those in, in certain situations. I, I like all those. And same with the low FODMAP. I've seen where that has been beneficial, especially to people that are having you know, food sensitivity type issues or histamine type issues, that kind of stuff. Um, some of those diets can be 
very beneficial. But it's interesting to look at that if you're going to do one of those and do a low-carb version of that, that it might be a good idea to, to include some of those things that we talk about, including especially for people with low mineral levels, which is the things like the sweet potatoes and you know strawberries and some of those fruits that allow you to have enough glucose that you're not going to be in such a severe ketogenic state. Sure. And I guess one of the other advantages we can kind of think about is if we look at it systemically of candida and other like harmful bacteria and fungus can thrive when the immune system is weakened. So anything that is going to further weaken the immune system, like say foods that you have allergies to or foods that you have troubles digesting, those are all going to contribute to the problem. There will so, be another burden on the body that the body exactly. has to take its focus away and right. look at that. Right, like a vitamin C deficiency. Oh, that's going to get in the way of regular immune function. Or a protein deficiency, that's also going to get in the way of regular immune function and endocrine function. And that's going to contribute to weakening the immune system and, and to increasing the problem. So we got to look at all those different things that can be impairing regular immune function and regular cell metabolism and healthy digestion. All those things are going to matter. And the stronger like your overall ship is, the better chance it's going to have of keeping bacteria and fungal populations in check. Right. And before we get too far away from Karen's question, where she asked about imbalances, it, and this is not uh, 100% correct or, or in every case, but it does seem to be a situation where people who are leaning overly anabolic will typically be dealing with viral infection type situations and people that are leaning overly catabolic will lean towards dealing with bacterial fungal type infection situations. So that's something that we see commonly. So if you do see that you have a candida overgrowth and tests confirm that and you lean very catabolic, then taking the steps to move yourself out of that imbalance may help you put your body in a state where that candida does not thrive. Now, that doesn't mean you can't have a candida overgrowth and be overly anabolic. That's not what we're saying at all. It's just that that seems to be the most common situation. So why not put that in your favor if it's not currently in your favor? Yeah. And, and that would kind of make sense, in, especially in relation to like what you just shared about ketones and bacteria thriving off of ketones. When we look at in the catabolic state, what do we have more of? We have more like cellular debris, metabolic end products. We have more oxidation currents. So you're going to have more sort of um, food for bacteria from, from cellular de debris. And we'll see that when the urine-specific gravity is higher. And there's all sorts of more um, possible uh, food sources for bacteria from your own cellular destruction as well as from metabolic end products. Right. And a lot of those diets that we were just talking about, um, they remove a lot of those multi-sugared foods. Like glucose just has that one molecule of sugar. It's very easy to uh, absorb. And sometimes some of these, like lexictic lactose, for example, and that has those two molecules that have to be broken apart for the body to be able to use those. And if someone can't digest that correctly, that mole those molecules kind of stay in the digestional tract longer, providing a food source for a lot of these 
uh, bad yeast and fungus kind of guys. And that's why a lot of these diets will remove those foods to remove that fuel source for the bad critters. But you could also take steps to improve your ability to break down all of these carbohydrates the way that they should be, uh, as well as providing maybe enzymes to um, deal with any kind of lactose, dairy kind of stuff. But if your body is more capable of breaking down food the way that it should be, then there's less junk lying around for the bad guys to take a hold of. Mm -hmm. I think we're going to talk about some fermentation stuff in a minute too, so I don't want to get too much into that, but that'll be a big piece of this puzzle when we get to, uh, I think Rainia had a question about that. We'll get to that pretty soon. Let's, uh, let's look at our next question. Jew is the name. J- I, never know, I never know if it's J-U or you. How do you say you, it? But you, it, Jew. I just I know. know that it's a fancy name and we like fancy names. All right. Question for Anthony to discuss in the podcast. I'm Anthony. Yeah. Candida is supposed to be normal part of the floor. Is Candida supposed to be normal part of the floor? So why or what causes the overgrowth and what is the root? Because some say it is a weak immune system, monovirus, histamine, and the list goes on. So I want to know the real root cause and the solution. Thanks. Me too. So uh, that's a really important thing that a lot of people are leaving out when they're teaching about uh, candida. And that is that the reality is that when you look at probably 80% of the people that have a candida overgrowth are also dealing with some other problem whether it be a parasite or SIBO or a digestive insufficiency or food intolerances or some type of sensitivity or you know, thyroid issues. There's always something else going on. So if you find that there's an overgrowth, don't view that as, I nailed it. I figured it out. This is the one problem. All I got to do is fix it. Because the way that your ecology and your whole system is functioning, when there is uh, candida overgrowth, it kind of sets it up for all of these other things to go wrong as well. It opens the door for um, other types of infections and other types of malfunctions. So did the candida cause that or did something else malfunctioning allow the candida to flourish? I don't know that we ever get to know that, but It's just important to look at the fact that when there's one, there's probably other things. So don't put all of your apples in one basket and think that you're going to fix everything. Yeah, there's never just one spider. They come with a lot of babies. Yeah. You can kind of look at like, um, you can look at... Don't mention spider while Nina's around. She doesn't like that. So, I mean, not to gross people out, but if you think about like, okay... Why, what's allowing this bacteria to like overcome me and start like, you know, metabolizing me and, and dominating the environment? And you look at a dead person, like they're going to get eaten and turned into like back into dirt, right? Right. So then you'd be like, okay, so what caused death? Like, well, you know, because that's what's a lot like all this bacteria is like overtaking. It's like, well, there's a lot of different causes of death, right? Right. There's not just one. Otherwise, CSI would just have one episode. Right. And there <laughs> right. wouldn't be 15 yeah. different shows. And I right. wouldn't have gotten so, hired. Like, what, right. what, allowed that, <laughs> what allowed bacteria to like take over that person's body, turn back into dust? Well, whatever killed it is what allowed that to happen. You know, so we're like, well, there's lots of different causes of death. There's lots of different causes of why an immune system could be weak or malfunction, like you were just listing off. So we've got to like, 
we've got to dig or dive back further. <laughs> we can do either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or both to figure out what's compromising the integrity of the immune system. And it could be it could be like anything from like heavy metals to uh, AIDS to diabetes, you know. To sugar consumption, you know, the, a yeah. lot of the people look at, well, you're eating too much sugar, that's why this candida is thriving, but while you're eating too much sugar, you're also pulling all the calcium out of your tissues and kind of turning off your immune system. And so that may be the factor that's causing it. And, you know, in our uh, cold, the common cold episode, we, we talk a lot about um, the immune system and what helps it function and how vitamin C is crucial and how these other minerals count. And so there's a lot of factors that can go into that. So, that's why Kenna wasn't on that her episode of CSI and they didn't just shut it down. There's a <laughs> lot of causes of problems that go on. Although that was the best episode they had. Ever. It was the best episode. Yeah, no. I guess that's that's one reason why I think, um, one, it's great to work with a practitioner who can help you look at all these different uh, these different possibilities of what could be causing the problem. And it's also really great to use our, our digestive issues course as, a, as like a foundational ground level entry of like okay how do i assess the scene you know like how do i look at my digestion and figure out all right what are these fundamental things that need to be happening right because that's really the foundation of good health is having our digestion working well and then the self test that we teach in that same digestive issues course will help you get a good uh sort of like bird's eye view of your body chemistry and major imbalances that you might want to look into more so that that's a great starting space for people, and then if they do have a, a serious problem, finding a practitioner to help a practitioner to help them go further with it is also really useful. Right. So, and w- remind me to come back to digestion when we get into some of the my um, the supplements that can be beneficial because you hear about a lot of them don't work well in an alkaline intestinal environment, which. A lot of people with this issue have an alkaline gut because of all the waste that's coming from the yeast. Their waste is very alkaline, and uh, it can kind of help to shut off all of that digestive process that we talk about over and over and don't seem to shut up about. So uh, I think we're going to have to finish this up uh, next week because we have a lot more stuff to cover. I know. we were just. We, I just wanted to dig and dive a little bit deeper, but we're— <laughs> Dive sounds more fun than digging. Digging sounds, sounds like, like work. work. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, we'll dig into which one is better next week. All right. Okay, so here I go with the last part. If you want to learn more about how to look at your own chemistry, you can read any of Tony's books or take the almost free four-week digestion course at kickitnaturally.com. Or you can head on over to willsmybodyofknowledge.net. He's got a lot of interesting information, articles, blogs, exercises. Photos. Photos. And so next week we're going to dig a little bit deeper into some of the uh, supplements that can help. We're going to look at the different phases of uh, wiping them up, wipe, wiping out the <laughs> candida and uh, steps that you might need to take after they're wiped out. Because when they're wiped out, they're not done. And we'll also talk about some biofilm stuff when people have a hard time getting rid of it at all. You it's going to be exciting. You guys dig and I'll dive. Okay. Okay. Bye-bye. <laughs>